The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Friends, uh, as we gather in this space and we are moving towards celebrating the big, big event in, in the history and the life of the church, the global church, um, that's Pentecost in a few weeks. Um, and that's the event, that's the birth of the church, that's when the uh, promise of the Holy Spirit comes and fills the church. Um, we, we've been on this journey these last several weeks of understanding just exactly what that means. Of understanding what it means for the Holy Spirit to come and to fill our lives and fill our church. So I, I have to say this. I, I, uh, if you weren't here last week and you didn't hear Pastor John's sermon uh, talking about what it means when the Holy Spirit comes and fills our lives, what it means to pray in the Holy Spirit and with the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you do nothing else that I tell you to do today, if you would please do that, go on the website, download the podcast, get it on your Apple uh, iTunes account, um, because I think it's a very important message, a timely message as we seek to follow God and we seek to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit here in our day, in, in this city, in this church, among each other. And, and I think the way we do that, I think the way we do that is by seeking to, day after day, week after week, understand more fully what, what are we doing here? What are we doing when we gather in this place? Why does the church exist? And so I'd like to start out this morning by proposing that the church exists so that the children of God can know how to live as Christians in this world. To know what to do. What does that look like? And, and I'm convinced of something. I don't have any stats or, or fancy, you know, figures to share with you, but I, I'm, I'm truly convinced of something. That a lot of people, and a lot of people you and I know, love God and love people fully. And, and yet, they don't live as Christians in the world, not because some sort of evil force prohibiting them from doing so. But because they lack the clarity and rhythm with which to do that successfully day in and day out. So you and I know people that, that you, you would say, these are great folks. You know, you, you see them at your jobs. You see them, they live in your neighborhood. They, they go to, uh, you know, they, they, their kids are in the same schools with your kids. I mean, you've known them for years. And yet you would say, to that, you would say about that person, you know, when, when it all comes down to it, they're not actually living like Christians, but they could be. And, and there's that gap, you know, what, what, what would it take? What would it look like? And I propose that that missing gap is clarity and rhythm. And these are these terms that Pastor John and I have just tossed back and forward for months now as we seek to simplify, as we seek to, to 
just define what we are doing in this place and what God is wanting to do among us. And I propose that there are no better two terms to start understanding our path together than clarity and rhythm. I think, I think most of us would say that like the little children when we go off to the store and we tell them, you know, you don't have to hold my hand, but you need to stay right here, right? You need to stay where I can see you. What happens more often than not with those kids? Two seconds later, they're somewhere else. And, and if we're lucky, we won't get a call on the speaker, you know, mom and dad, where are you? But I think most of us have that same propensity when it comes to following Jesus. Again, I'm not suggesting that there's something wrong with us. But what I'm suggesting is that we have this propensity to wander off, to fill the gaps that we have in our lives, in our minds, and in our hearts with any number of things. And so having a clarity and rhythm in which we can follow Christ together helps us counter that propensity. Help us to ground ourselves in those moments where we feel like we're drifting off a little bit. Again, I'm not saying something's wrong with us. I'm not saying there's like something totally evil happening in your heart. I'm just saying that's a natural tendency that we have. Like the boats that don't have an anchor. Like a balloon that is not tied to something strong. Sooner or later, if we don't have clarity or rhythm, we're going to find ourselves loving God and loving people with our whole heart and yet drifting off to a different path that is not the path that Christ would have us follow. And the other thing clarity and rhythm give us, and this is in relation to how we live with each other, when we have a brother or sister that we know love Jesus and they, and, they, and they love Jesus with their whole heart, clarity and rhythm have, give us something to pull them back into. To say, hey, brother and sister, come on back. I mean, we get to be the shepherd that leaves behind the 99 and goes after that one sheep. You remember that story that Jesus taught? We get to be that shepherd for one another. And so I have to say this morning, uh, some of you, I think God has been tugging at your heart about some person or some family for a while. So if you need to feel empowered to go get them, this is your empowerment moment right now. If God has been after your heart and you constantly be thinking about somebody or some family and you know that they love God and they love people but don't have clarity and rhythm in their life right now with which to follow Christ successfully, go get them. Now, I'm not talking about folks that are in other churches. We're not in competition with other churches. We're in competition with darkness. We're in competition with brokenness. 
We're in competition with every, every sort of rhythm and pattern that seeks to destroy the life of precious children of God. I want to be very clear about that. But if God has been putting someone in your heart, go get them and bring them into this clarity of rhythm. That's why that's important. So now, what, what am I talking about when, when I say clarity of rhythm? This is, this is very simple. So clarity is our ability to understand and see what we believe about God. I mean, understand it in a way that we can just say it in our own words. We don't need some fancy dictionary. We can, we can articulate for ourselves what we believe about God and what our mission is. What are we doing? That, that's clarity. And rhythm are the practices by which we get to live out this uh, ground, grounding ourselves in God's community of love and forgiveness in such a way that we're growing in our trust of God and we're growing in our service of others. Now, you, you say, well, we hear that almost every week. Pastor John says that, and when it's not Pastor John, it's Pastor Silverio saying that. Exactly. That's the kind of clarity we, we want for us. Our ability to say time and time again, when we feel our hearts and when we feel our, our, our minds start to wander a little bit and drift off, we can say to each other, hey, God is faithful. God is faithful all the time. These are things that we know to be true about God. That is our clarity. When we pray and we say God gives us everything that we need and he gives it to us freely, these are things that we know to be true about God and we can know that clearly. When we say that God's love is for all people, these are things that we know about God, and we can know them clearly. We repeat them. We repeat them in every song. We re repeat them in every prayer. Every time we greet each other and we exchange signs of peace, we are reminding each other of our clarity and our rhythm. Every time we gather for worship, every time we gather for a rehearsal or a Bible study, or to serve God in a number of ministries that we, we have been able to launch here in this church as the body of Christ. Every single time we participate, we are grounding ourselves in God's community of love and forgiveness so that we can live as Christians successfully in this world. So we follow the God of clarity and rhythm together. And we follow the God of answers and the God of silence. Is God not big enough to be the God of both? So this morning, our story in the book of Acts is one that totally fascinates me. In fact, uh, it actually... I think it's funny, and I don't know if you'll find it funny in the same way 
that I'll find it funny, but I, I think it's funny because you have Jesus' dis- disciples. Uh, they have figured out that they need another disciple. They need another apostle. You know, Judas, you know, he kind of did bad things. So he's not with the disciples anymore. They have an opening. And so they decide they're going to do something about it. They pray for God to help them. And then they cast lots, which is basically a fancy way of saying they did something like a first century version of paper, rock, scissors. Uh, that's hilarious. And yet, and I, I'm going to make a bold claim, I, I believe God was honored by their first century version of paper, rock, scissors as they did something about their need. Friends, I don't know if God answered their prayer and their paper, rock, scissors. I can't say that for a fact. I wasn't there. But what I do know is that we can look at that, any of us can look at that and and ask ourselves, did God really answer their prayer? We're left to wonder. We're left to take our best guess. And what I know about following Jesus, as long as I follow Jesus and I've heard people's stories and I've walked alongside of many folks, is that one of the things that that tends to help people wander off, we talked about our propensity to wander off, is this feeling that God didn't answer my prayer. You ever been there? You've you've ever walked with somebody that has that same feeling and and don't know exactly what to say? I've been there. I've been there myself as a prayerer. And I've been there walking with folks, and they, and they say this question, did God answer my prayer? And, and I don't know exactly what to tell them. I'm not God. I can't pretend to know the thoughts about God. But I do know that God sometimes is silent. We see that through the stories of Scripture. We see that time and time again in our own lives when we pray for something and we trust God for something and and yet we don't sense or we don't believe or or simply we don't feel. I don't mean we don't believe. I, I mean we don't feel. Like God is actually doing anything yet. And so those questions outside of a Clarity and rhythm life as a Christian can be very, very dangerous for your walk with Jesus. Because it's very easy to get discouraged in that place. It's very easy to say, you know what, I prayed, I went to church, I did all this stuff, and I don't feel God right now, so I'm just going to try something else. You probably know someone like that. And friends, that, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be because when we're, we're walking together as a family of Christ, we're pulling one another back in. That's why we exist for one another in the body of Christ. And those moments when we, when we can't hear God clearly, and those moments when we sense, I, I prayed and I did everything I could and I'm at the end of my rope, someone else is going to be there to be the rest of our rope. 
God is going to provide that. But yet, we still have to do something. And the real situations of our lives, be it you know, a health situation that we're facing or a decision that we have to make, an important one, a family decision, a business decision, any kind of things that this is a big deal. And we pray for God to guide us. We still need to do something. And so, and this prayer, and then what the disciples do, it's very simple, and I believe it's a very, it's a very good pattern for us to follow. Notice in the prayer, when they start, they say, God, Lord, you know everyone's heart. That's how they start the prayer. They start by acknowledging their clarity. They start by acknowledging something that they know to be true about God. And you know what? This reminds me of what Wesley said about prayer. He said that prayer is not so much to remind or inform God about something sometimes as much as it is to inform ourselves. So when we pray and we say, God, you know everybody's heart, God already knows he knows everybody's heart. But there's something about acknowledging that for ourselves that awakens our heart. And that places us in a position to trust God more fully with what we're about to ask God for. God, you know everybody's heart. You know all things. Nothing is hidden from you. And then they say this, show us which one of these two you have chosen. They invite God into the decision-making process. They invite God into their situation. Friends, when we acknowledge God and we invite God into a situation, this is where faith steps in. This is what we know to be true about God steps in because we say no matter if, if the answer is clear or the answer is silent, God is present. Because God answers his children when his children call. God always answers. And when they finish their prayer, the writer of Acts tells us, then they play paper, rock, scissors, and they chose somebody. Friends, Sometimes we pray to God, and God's answer is clear. God's direction is so clear. I mean, it, 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 there's no doubt. You go for it. This is what we need. This is what we need to know. And sometimes we, play, we pray to God, and we need to do our version of paper, rock, sixers to choose a direction. And I believe God is honored in both. Because both require us to trust God fully. Both require us to put our entire trust on God. And I need to tell you something that my mother told me when I was deciding 
whether or not to, uh, to attend seminary because I, I felt this strong sense that I should go and get ready for ministry, but I kept coming up with every excuse. Not, this, this might not be God. This might just be this crazy idea, and I couldn't sleep for weeks. And my mother told me something I've never forgot. She says, you know what? God isn't up in heaven freaking out thinking you're going to make a mistake. Just pick something and do it. Our God is big enough to raise Jesus from the dead. Would that same God not be big enough to get us out of a mess if we so happen to get ourselves in one? Our God is big enough to bring life to dead places. Is that same God not big enough to redirect our path should we begin to take a step in the right, wrong direction? Our God is big enough to provide for our every need. Wouldn't that same God be big enough to provide for us if we pick a direction after praying, after inviting God to come in to our situation? And if we find ourselves at the end of our road with nothing left, no resources, wouldn't that same God not be big enough to provide just exactly what we need at the right time? I'm reminded of the prayer of Habakkuk at the end of the Old Testament. This is really little prayer at the end of the song. It's in chapter 3, and I love this. He speaks and he says, Though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are warm-eaten, and the wheat fields stunted. Though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns empty, I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God, counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I'm the king of the mountain. That's the message translation of that passage. When we have clarity and rhythm, we can follow the God of answers and the God of silence. We do not need to fear what path or what next step to take. We not, we not need to fear if we're going to run out of resources or we won't have enough strength to get there because God will always provide. And friends, that prayer, I can imagine him actually being joyful as he prayed that prayer. That prayer is God's plan for us as a church. That prayer is what it looks like when the Holy Spirit fills our lives, every single one of us, and we don't fear. We don't fear. We can continue to walk 
ask Jesus' followers in this place because we know that God will lead, we know God will provide, and we know that it's God that goes before us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.